more they're learning. This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? And now, ladies and gentlemen, presenting the star of our show, direct from the bar, Dean Martin. Drink to me only, that's all I ask, ask, and I will drink to you. No fucking ZD is back. We were on the phone. We had to do an algebra problem. This week, we have some sadness in common. The gloves come off with Tony and Carm, AS gets fucked in the ass, and Bobby orders a pizza. You're not drunk if you can lay on the floor without holding on. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. How long have I been on? All right. Wow. Welcome. <laughs> we finally made it. It's Here a, we are. Yeah, it's the, the last episode of season four <laughs> of No Fucking ZD. Let's do every episode like it's the last. We should, At yeah. this point, basically. <laughs> I mean, who knows, yeah. really? Uh, welcome everyone. Episode fifty-two, uh, White Caps. You know the one. It took this a while. Is, it, it took a little while. This was quite a week. I've Certainly been interesting. Dr- I've been drinking a lot. Every time I hear that song, I just want to drink mm-hmm. like hard, <laughs> hard, hard drinking. Yeah. How did everyone get in my room? Um, yeah. This was uh, this was a, this was quite a week. Um, trying, uh, as they say in the pod, in the podcast. We world. had we had the podcast scheduled like twice. Uh, the first time studio told us, Hey, there's no room at the studio, uh, which was not cool, but <laughs> too many haters, <laughs> too many haters. And then the second time I threw up at work and all over myself <laughs> and I had stuff coming out of my eyes like on yourself. Came... You threw up on yourself at work. I no. I mean, luckily, no, I didn't actually. Was it really cliche? Like you threw up in the bathroom and you like got it on like a sweater that you were wearing or something that's I, impossible like, to get out of. Towel. Yeah, exactly. It was really cliche in that it was literally like a fire hose of just vomit. <laughs> coming out i've never seen anything like it and then i was shaking and white and my hair was matted to my forehead <laughs> and i stumbled back down and threw a bunch of alt- altoids in my mouth and i was like i can probably i can do this <laughs> and then like an hour later it happened again uh and it was just terrible i haven't thrown up like sober probably <laughs> in like close to a decade i would say wow um yeah i was very much like like just let me die. <laughs> I was I was Livia Soprano on the couch. Just, Jesus, just let me die. So it was terrible. Die. Just stab me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I felt. It was fucking terrible. Um, no cool dreams, though. But. Well, the, the night before, I was sick. I had like a 24-hour thing, and I just felt like crap. Yeah. And, and then the next day, I was like... I was like... We were supposed to record, but yep. I was secretly kind of rooting for not recording because you felt like shit because i still felt like shit even though i could i technically could have like made it happen but yeah. it's white caps you know it's like right. this is serious business yep agree and then when you got food poisoning i was like yes <laughs> so that was great God. uh it was great for for yeah for one of us it was I guess. great for me but, yeah, yeah for i mean me. I, it's not like i planted something in your burrito or whatever you I ate. really can't tell i i, I don't I, I don't trust you now actually chili it was a chili it's cheese fries it was one of the, the smothered and covered fries that's <laughs> what i think it was yeah oh uh, my god one time like back in the day before it was like legal to drink and before it was like 
like conce- prohibition con- era. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. Before it was legal for me to drink, and before it was like conceivable to try to drink, my friends and I used to hang out at Denny's because we it was rad. Mm-hmm. Like into mm-hmm. the night, you know, until the break of eleven p.m. Right. You know. Right. Right. Like right. Playing Dungeons and Dragons or some shit. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but um, but uh, I remember I ordered some of the uh. They have that Denny's, they have like gravy and cheese covered fries or yeah, whatever. Like poutine kind of or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so I ordered them and I was like, could I have those like, I could I have those crazy fries? And I still say that because I can't remember the name of anything. Yeah, but I'm just, just crazy fries. But everyone has the crazy fries on the menu, you know? And I was just like, can I have some of those crazy fries? And this like really like quasi depressing sort of like just really unemotional bored waiter was just like smothered and covered (laughs) (laughs) i was was like uh, i i guess they came out and there was like a tablespoon of gravy on top and i was like they're not smothered or covered these french fries can breathe yeah that's you want to suffocate the shit out (laughs) of you smother a french fry yeah there better be like a pillow on it like like ollie with uh what's her name with uh with uh min i believe yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i want my food to be suffering while i eat it Uh, so preferably a lot it's really important. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, We're out of mayo, by the way. Well, that, uh, that, that, the sound of those fries sort of makes me feel sick again. But, um, Do you want to go like, and get some food through. after this? <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I've barely eaten this week. Like, the, the thought of food scared me for a couple days. I, I tried to eat like a piece of a bagel the next day and I said to like just get rid of it. I was like, no, I can't do it. What about it like, just, a, it just grossed me out. To what think about, about like a wheatgrass it. shot or something new agey? Uh, I'm not very new agey. So, you know, you gotta go, would, to the, you gotta go to the nice grocery store mm, to get one of those yes, you wait, yes. in, wait in line behind someone with a stroller I've never had that but pe- people go to bars to actually just get like shots of wheatgrass yeah yeah that's uh of course it's Why usually not? in the morning that's not like a late night bar right it's a different bar oh, okay you're not it's like, not like you can't you don't get like wing, wings in a wheatgrass right. shot and like a and like a frozen margarita right and like a cheeseburger <laughs> with bacon and like yeah. wheatgrass shots like wheatgrass shots for everybody yeah um yo I'm buying you a wheatgrass shot <laughs> this guy's the man <laughs> All right. Actually, well, there are probably guys like that at uh, these places. There are certainly too. guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, enough about us and all the uh, the stuff coming out of my eyes and the stuff coming out of my mouth and the stuff coming out of my wherever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Whitecaps. Um, another top eighty six episode. It's a, no. It's this is a way up this there is actually, episode. This yeah. is this is and I'm gonna I'm gonna further. I'm going to further uh, qualify this. This is one of the top season finales mm-hmm. because honestly, like I, I watched this episode a few times this week because I kept thinking that we were going to record mm-hmm. and then like we watch so much Sopranos and I've seen the whole series so many times that like if we don't record within a couple of days, I forget everything Yeah, and it just all washes together and I'm like, yep. oh yeah, this is the episode where Junior shoots Tony, right? Like yeah, they, all they that all, shit. Yeah. Um, and it's the same episode where Olivia dies and yep. like all that this stuff. Is the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's just one white cast. <laughs> it's just one but, show. But like you watch this episode and like it's not it's not like really long. You know, it's I mean, it's not it's like a little... it's not HBO long. Like they'll do an hour and a half long season finale now, mm-hmm. like with JJ Abrams and mm-hmm. like whatever that kid's called. Um JJ mm-hmm. Abrams the kid. Um <laughs> I'm being patronizing. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, that's what you did there. But, uh, like you know, he's the, he's the hot shot kid on the block, but he needs to know where his bread is buttered. Right. You know? Sure. <laughs> that's yeah. What I have to say about that. Get a hit show first, JJ, yeah, and then we'll talk, yeah. right? Let's change the world, please. Yeah. yeah. Do several hit shows in How a row. How many podcasts first. are there about your shows? That's what I want. Actually, probably God, a lot. Probably so, <laughs> so many. many. Yeah. So many. Because <laughs> nothing's explained. Right. Anyways, actually, that's what I love about Sopranos. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, 
but uh, you know, you watch the episode beginning to end, and it just it's not it's not crazy long. It's mm-hmm. it's still an hour. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's roughly well, it's like, an it's hour. It's like one fifteen or something like that. Yeah, but close, it's you know, it's not like including it, credits, I guess, and the TVMA. <laughs> yeah, and the <laughs> and the yep, that's yep, yeah, all that shit, you know. But uh, ten minutes of the HBO logo on this one. <laughs> but uh, but it's you know from beginning to end, it really feels like you start in one place mm-hmm. and you end in like such a different place. Yeah, big but it, time. But they stick the landing so hard. It's not like it's not like it, it, it's surprising, but in a totally believable, like very well oiled kind of way. Yes, big time. You don't feel like you're pushed over a cliff when something happens. Mm-hmm. It's just like. The tension has been building, but, you know, maybe if you're watching the show for the first time, you didn't realize it all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this stuff is just like matriculating. Yeah. It was very surprising the first time. Um, right. You, but know, you, can, you can feel the noise, right? You definitely can. Season. Yes, for sure. I mean, it, but it's definitely something you have to like rewatch and, and kind of pick up on all those things and, right. and like realize just like how separated they already kind of were and just how they were living almost completely, um, you know, in secret but you know, like they were just keeping everything from each other, basically. Right. The right. Furio thing, the money, the uh, I mean, obviously Tony's just entire life, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they were they were two strangers living in the same house this season, yeah. and you yeah. don't yeah you don't really notice the first time because they don't hit you over the head with it. Yeah. And they don't really like underline it. But when it does happen, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You know, it's, it, and it's such a mega blowout. Yeah. It's like. It's as as good as it gets. Basically, I mean, it's yeah. some of the best. It's some of the finest acting. You can't say best acting. It's it's because of the Oscars, but it's, right. it's some of the finest. You can't acting. say outstanding either because of the Emmy. So yeah, finest. Yeah, yeah. So is it's really some of the one. finest. Like, the finest. Like, there's no award show that's as finest acting. No, right? no, that's ours now. Finest acting. TM. Yeah, <laughs> that's ours. Yeah. So it's some of the finest acting you'll see the entire sure. series right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um and. Um, who in particular? Uh, from the from, from AJ from, from Kaisha actually. Uh-huh, right. Kaisha is one of my favorite like lo- slept on characters right. in the show. True, yeah. She actually gets introduced this episode and key to the ending. Key to huge the, key to the ending. If you actually add up all the titles of the episodes and then throw mm-hmm. in the Kaisha title, uh, it spells out what happens at the end of the series. And actually, you, you and I noticed this independently. We did. Yeah, yeah. and we both had yeah. those big boards with like yarn connecting things, <laughs> and and together we're like, wow, we should put this in podcast form. Yeah. Exactly, and, and actually, you know, because like the guy says, you know, don't don't say jack shit to Kaisha. She'll be haunting my ass <laughs> for that child support mm-hmm. haunting, mm-hmm. haunting. She's a ghost. She's a ghost. Yep, she's haunting everybody. Ghost Ouija boards. Yep, Karen's ZD. Oh, Kaisha. Oh, um, Kaisha ZD. Yep, uh, <laughs> we're almost there. No fucking ZD. Oh, um, end of the, end of the show. Yeah, there so you go. That is wow. We really put it together. This may really be the last episode of this podcast yep. that we cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just completely jumped the shark there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, you ever explain to someone what jump the shark means? It's so like much literally well, from the so, happy days. Yeah, it's so much more potent as like a figure of speech than it is like, OK, so listen, when happy days was going on, mm-hmm. like it was a good show. And then there was this episode where Fonzie water skis <laughs> and, then, and then the show sucked afterwards. And that's why they say jump the shark. And people are just like, what? Yeah, you think it was like more of a, a metaphor like, for. I thought it was biblical. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like Judas water like skied. And, he <laughs> and, then he, yep. and he said, hey, and then Jesus died. Oh, um, all right. So I guess let's just start at the beginning here. Um, um, you're right. It's like a completely different first hour, first half hour of the episode. You know, it's kind of like the the Ralph 
whoever did this a little bit, where it like starts off something like the plot is entirely different than what how it ends up. Right. And they're a pretty happy family at the beginning, um, buying themselves a beach house down in Seabright, New Jersey. Seabright. It's yeah. the shore. The shore, yeah, but it's. I, I, don't, know, it's, I don't know shit about that. Well, I, I know that because one of our super fans is is from down and around there, Listen. and he knows he noticed a lot of landmarks and uh, and knows where that house is. Has and, he seen that guy painting on his on his widow's walk? <laughs> it never gets tired of that view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As. I wonder if he. I wonder if. I wonder if As walks out there every time, or, or walked out there every time someone was looking at that house. Like, like the realtor would call and be like, Hey, I got someone who's going to check out the house. And you'd like run out to the widow's walk and painting and be like, <laughs> like, look at how great life is over here. We really want to get rid of this house. I know. If you see, and if you see the painting, it's probably like stick figures and just, it's probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're buying a house. Tony has a lot of money all of a sudden, even though he's been trying to hide a lot of it from Carmela this season. Right. And, um, and, and, and we kind of get a little bit of a reality check on, on how much money, goes up in his direction from him being the boss. Right. I think that's an important thing because right. like they, they think about, you know, sometimes he'll be strapped. Sometimes he'll like get on people's case about it, but he's got a lot of money flying his way. Mm-hmm. And, um, even with the Esplanade shut down, it just goes to show he's going to pay cash for it. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying cash for a house, it means you can show that you earned that money. You know what I mean? So I guess the Esplanade mm. is, is huge for them because it's all like, quote unquote legit income right. that they can report. Look at the W2s and the tax stuff. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Cause it's from that construction. Yeah. Um, uh, and even with that shut down, he still feels that he has enough money. So, I mean, you know, you, you can, well, he knows that it's going to happen cause he's about to, he thinks he's well, going to cap, that's, uh, big Carmine. That's true. Is that what they call him? Uh, yep, they do. Yeah. Um, that's, I forget that, that that was the last scene of the previous episode, but right. So that, at the beginning of the episode, he already kind of knows that, um, so that is happening in the background. That's, that's I true. Just put that together real time. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so I guess I, so I guess that's true, but I still think it's like, you know, just goes to show that he's hiding a lot more from Carmela. Um, even like kind of waving it in front of her nose here and just kind of being like, you know, after all this money she's been asking for and all these, these trust funds and asking right. to sign all these papers, he, right. you know, surprises her with the house. I mean, uh, she'll take it, obviously, but at the same time, <laughs> no shit, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it does show how much he's really hiding from her. Well, yeah, and and, and, and he's and, full of surprises. And it's a, it's a great, it's actually a great setup because she's sick, mm-hmm. which is kind of just it's 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 a little. I mean, it's not super on the nose, but it really is kind of on the nose that she's like under the weather. Yeah, and Tony is like acting like it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, sh- actually, shout out to Kuz. This might be the last time we see Kuzamano. Maybe. Um and. Maybe I'm really hesitant to make any yeah. sort of statement like that at this point. I'm trying to think, is he at that dinner like late in season six with, I don't think so. Cause what? that's like Kupferberg and, and Melfi's like, yeah, no, he's, no, he's not at that. The, the dinner he's at is the one where Melfi can hear him, hear Tony lifting weights. Right. He's like, season one. yeah, he might be back. Who knows? <laughs> the coos is look, full of surprises too. <laughs> if it, if, 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 yeah. That's what he tells his <laughs> wife all the time. Like, look, man, I'm cool too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a great setup because he's just acting like he's like, you know, he's just a shit husband. He's like, you kidding, you kidding? I let you drive yourself when you look this bad. Mm-hmm. Like just 
the worst things to say like all <laughs> yeah, you day look long terrible and he's like not taking yeah. her home he's like we're going to the beach like is basically what he decides I know. and she's feeling like shit and wants to go home yeah which i would assume is like an hour and a half drive like minimum i guess and then so plus from like North jersey traffic and yeah i don't know who knows uh it's still like you know he's ignoring her wishes a lot but it's amazing how her kind of her convalescence really goes up and down mm. based on the state of this house. Mm-hmm. Like she feels sick and then they, they like get to the place and she finds out that they're buying this house and she's like, so uh, she's like grilling the real estate agent, oh, right. you know, yeah, pulling that out. And then later on, like she thinks they're sort of not getting it. And so she gets sicker and then she finds out they're getting that. it. And like all of a sudden she's like back in effect. You know what I mean? Hmm. And, I didn't really notice that, but Interesting, interesting mm-hmm. observation. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I watched the show. <laughs> um, I also wonder if there's like kind of supposed to be some parallels or if, we, if we're at least supposed to think of Tony having food poisoning. As we discussed last time. Right. Sorry. Another Kaisha clue. <laughs> Please continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like uh, it just kind of made me think of the season two finale when Tony gets food poisoning. I mean, he's super sick and comes to this realization about um, about Big Puss and now she's sick and I wonder if like part of that is her also coming to this just really unhappy realization that she's like in this just terrible marriage and like yeah one uh, you know furio which was for some strange reason she thought of as kind of like a lifeline is gone and and a good person yeah (laughs) which she was way off about that she needs to she needs to recalibrate her uh she's never seen a kneecap a dude you know that's true like i guess yeah um she certainly knows how to pick them though <laughs> jesus she sucks at it uh but anyway that was just a little little thing i noticed that like she's sick and maybe i think like yeah you're right the, the emotional thing is supposed to definitely be tied to it and well, because like i mean i mean kuzumano asks her right off the bat he's like stressed off the charts lately like the rest of us right and it's like the, the like the rest of us part is like right is like i'm n- not trying to make you feel super bad about being unhappy <laughs> right <laughs> you know like, right 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 because kuzumano seems cushy you know he's having a nice life he's got some good bedside manner there though <laughs> Oh, completely. You know what I thought that you were going to say was Mm -hmm. that, you know, there was some parallelograms between Tony getting food poisoning Mm -hmm. in season two and you getting food poisoning now. And you had some realizations about the podcast. I did. I did. (laughs) And that is that we should do it for five more years. Yeah, okay, great. Good. I'm really glad, but I'm glad that you had a vision, you know I what did, I mean? Yeah, like, I just saw it. I saw the future and uh and the <laughs> the app just updating constantly and our just our podcast getting downloaded immediately automatically. By like um, tens of people. Yeah, at Hun- least. Uh, maybe maybe hundreds. Most listened to podcasts in all of history period. I mean <laughs> it's totally no true. Fucking ZD. That is true. Look. Like tell prove us wrong. Honestly. Tony never kills anyone in the show. Mm-hmm. We'll never see Kuzumano again. Mm-hmm. Um, or Devin. Ginny or Devin. Ginny Sack is quite a hoofer. Mm-hmm. Um th- look, we rely on alternative facts sometimes as part of this podcast. I think everything we've ever said is true and I completely stand by it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. like if, if, you know, people on Twitter who, you know, so-called listeners <laughs> won't want to talk about these quote unquote facts, then, right. you know, they need to get a life a little bit, you know? Right, right, right. You need some parentheticals in there somewhere <laughs> that just explain a really simple word and other simple words. And then you're, then you're golden. And how do you hyphenate then, in real life? Like interesting, sad, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, let's, let's. <laughs> We're just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I wish Steve Jobs were alive. We could make fun of him instead. Right, that's true. Um, 
So I mean, they they get they do get the house. Um, uh, you know, I guess it's sort of for a second. Not, probably not only makes Carmela feel better physically, but right. like emotionally. You know, like they're it's a it's a it's a big. Um, as she says later, it's kind of just like another. I think she says this at least. It's kind of like another emerald ring in a way. You know, I, it's uh, or she talks about that emerald ring later, and the house is just a huge extension of that. Yeah. I guess right. Um, well, but so, fuck her because like we're looking at this house and it's like everyone everyone on our side of the screen mm-hmm. is thinking that and then she throws it at him mm-hmm. after all the shit goes down right you know like she doesn't want it all mm-hmm. you know yeah, what but I mean? she, of course she does yeah yeah exactly he, i mean he, he mentions that later but um yeah oh my god i guess we'll we'll we'll, we'll have to go oh we could jump right there right We're now still only want. like six minutes into the episode i know <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a long one yeah got. um but uh, it's a beautiful house, I have to say. I love the idea that Tony thinks that they were piss poor at some point in their lifetime, because I kind of feel like that's almost impossible for these two. That's an interesting point, because he says that, and I think that that's part of the, the that like good old days vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get what he's saying. I mean, early 20s and like most of your 20s and then like your 30s and 40s, like you don't have a lot of money. There's a difference uh, <laughs> between being broke and being poor. Right. And I explain this to people like sometimes because... It drives me crazy when like people will be like, I'm sick of being poor. And I'm like, you have an iPhone. You're not poor. Right. You're broke. Right. There's a huge difference. Right. Um, but still, I mean, hey, they uh, they they were he worked his way up. He's boss now. I mean, why not get the uh, get the big house? Enjoy it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's a uh, it's a good investment. Obviously, he's told AJ to go to buy land, and he's listened to Brian. I mean, he can even trace this back to cousin Brian, I guess. And uh, uh I'm just kind of rambling on now about the housing market. But um, well, congratulations, Tony and Carmela. <laughs> no, I mean they're 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 doing really well, and like it's it's uh it's this whole thing where. Uh, their finances are a fucking mystery to everyone but Tony, I think. Right, but also. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't tell if he's like financially smart. It seems like he is, right? I guess. I mean, why? Why do you think he does go ahead and buy this house? I mean, is he feeling or try? You mean you mean like attempt to buy or it? attempt to buy it? I guess because um, it. I mean, it hasn't been talked about at all this season, right? At all or ever before? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um. So that it comes completely out of nowhere. Uh, that's true. That's true. And yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of curious why he's really doing it. Like, does he sense that there's something that the family is like kind of being is separating a little bit? Does he sense something going on with him and Carmela and feels like he has to do this? Um, or is it just another way to kind of like launder money in, in some kind of, you know, just like make it legit? Well, we it's, I mean, I mean, it, it's so it is a surprise, although it does fit his character. Yeah, because he's always telling AJ to buy land. Mm hmm. Um, to be honest, it kind of reminds me of the Stugats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that this is one of those things where, like, it, it's sort of Italian, like, like Min, mm-hmm. where she says, you know, I like to have it right in my hand. Mm. He doesn't want to put it in, you know, the 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 FICA and fucking, you know, the the in vitro something mm-hmm. and all that crap. <laughs> you know, yep. Like he he wants to have it in things, so he has boats. He has land, you yeah. know, they have businesses and stuff. So I think that makes sense in terms of like he has so much cash 
uh, flying around, there there has to be a savings account somewhere. Right. Otherwise, it's just like like he can't have like stacks of money, literally. You right. Know? And the house kind of is a giant savings account when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, right. So especially if he's paying cash because it's just there and, you know. Um, and with Carmela's expertise, he can make sure that they won't get hurt. Right. You know? Um, but like, so I think it makes sense, but it is a surprise. But to answer your question, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I'm thinking now, I, I, like, like you said earlier, he knows that Carmine's about to go out. Like, does he feel like he's about to really move up in the world? Like, cause Johnny would take over as boss of a New York family. He's close friends with Johnny. That's a pretty big ally to have. Well, one thing to mention is the deal that he strikes with, with, with Johnny. Yeah, where you know to get rid of Carmine to get rid of Carmine, and he he says, "Look, um, we, you know, like like hands off of my HUD shit," and then he also says, "You know, anything that we do in the future goes sixty forty my way." Mm-hmm. And I sort right, of, which is pretty big. It's huge. I yeah. mean, because like yep. I mean, if you include. I mean, we can get into the semantics of it, sort of like the uh, the emolument clause, as some people have, have mm-hmm. talked about lately. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, they could get into a whole thing about whether or not that actually includes the Esplanade, you know, because if, right. if he means that, like, the Esplanade now suddenly goes 60-40, then that's that's especially that's, that's money no one else knows he has. That's the other thing that's above the head of all of his dudes. Yeah, I guess so. I guess right? that, I well yeah probably because ralphie's out true that's what's which is another chunk of money going to him basically yeah and yeah. And, and so all he has is like Vito and 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 patsy basically right i guess and then yeah i guess like the underlings who, who have to sit there all day with the good donuts like probably have no idea what's going and on eugene yeah they get yeah. they get broken off a little bit every day but they're yeah they all that's above their head i mean uh, yeah, he's got I, a yeah. lot of money coming in so but i mean your question really was about whether or not this was like some sort of like card that he's playing with his family. Yeah. Or just in general, I just, I'm just curious, like, like how it just came up. I also wonder yeah. if it's like, I mean, so I think it's all of that. I think for sure. Like he's, mm-hmm. he maybe feels like he has a lot more money coming in and then, um, I don't know, maybe deep down he's been, I mean, obviously he's been depressed since episode one, but maybe it's just kind of like, it, but in general, this season has been so like muted and sort of low key. Right. Because I think like there was just this like general anxiety over everybody and just general sense of like, just, you know, I guess sadness and depression. And maybe this is just a, a big, huge extension of that. He's left Melfi. He doesn't have any, you know, kind of like he has, he has no one to help him kind of like strategize on that front that's as far true as like dealing with his emotions maybe so maybe it's partly that too well um, i mean the other thing the, now that you mention it i mean he is hyper sentimental when he takes his family there that's true you know and like before they've even locked it down re- i mean maybe like you know once they have like some paperwork signed he has the whole family there right it's like it's even got a name you're gonna, you're, you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, he's got this, like, he's got this, like, thousand yard stare, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's, like, so sentimental about it. And he's like, you'll inherit this, you know, and like all this shit. And like, so now that you mention it, I think it probably is him trying to, like, jerk himself off a little bit as far as yeah. what a good family man he is, because he hasn't been around at all, especially right. for Carmela. Right. Um, Meadows kind of not around, which which is neither here nor there. 
then AJ sucks. So he's got to be feeling that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's also, all because of AJ. It's most, everything's because of AJ. <laughs> and he's he's the, also the key. Um, I guess that's true, too. Like, he's also been thinking a lot about the future. I mean, in both families. Yeah. Uh, he's thinking about, as far as the Mafia family goes, he's thinking that Christopher <laughs> is the future of the family. Yep, yep. Um, and also, he's thinking about... His his own children, Meadow and and uh, the other one, and um, so <laughs> he's uh, Dan, uh, Meadow and Dan, and so yeah, I mean he's just in general, I think like weirdly starting to accept or think about the fact that he might not be around, which, you know, Carmela also freaked out about this season too. Like everyone's, I guess it's, it all kind of goes back to maybe everyone, everyone around that time, especially that time, um, you know, thinking that like, oh, this could, well, this will probably, everything ends as Carmela says yeah, early yeah, yeah. on in the, in the season. It's true. So. I mean, I, I think that people are getting real this season. This is a very mm-hmm. real season. It is. And yeah. it's real in that it's not kind of flashy in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, as I, I mean, I didn't watch it real time like you did, but I recall you saying like, people were like, eh, season, you know, people like, were, yeah, uh, people were getting like, bored with it. Season four. It's like, eh, yeah, you know, um, but there's so much in there that's that's real. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And especially when you factor in like the slow burn deaths, mm-hmm. um, Chrissy's rehab, which is like one of the best plot lines. Mm-hmm. And it really it's been a plot line since day one and it will continue to be until almost the end of the show. Right. Absolutely. Um, and like there's just so much there. But now we have so much more to draw from because we have New York in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. And also we have a newly emboldened Tony with his whole, you know, his whole new, like, it's almost like a new world of bullshit for him because he's, you know, he killed off Ralphie. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's got this thing that happened where Furio ran off. It's kind of a new frontier for him because as much as he's bent the rules in the past, he's no longer kind of just like a walk the line mafia guy. Right. He's now kind of writing the book as he goes along and just like kind of seeing how far he can take it before the wheels fall off. Yeah. It seems. And it seems like he realizes that like, you know, it could all end tomorrow. Let's like do it. Let's do something. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Yeah. The, the murder of Ralph, like it's really one of those things like looking back at it now, like it's yeah, like you're a right. different season, doesn't it? Well, it does. I mean, it's been like eight months since we recorded yeah. that episode. Well, right. yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had food poisoning for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but the murder of Ralph, like, really is, I think you're right. Like, it is kind of like when the wheels, are, like, really start to fall off. Like, right. that really is the crazy, probably the craziest thing he's done, right? Kill a main man unsanctioned because maybe he killed your horse. Right. And also, like, you wanted to fuck his girlfriend. And he also just really annoyed you. And he also killed a stripper in the back of the bang. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, well, I mean, it was a bit of a... He, like, he he went off like a fucking free agent as he's, yeah. gonna, as he's gonna criticize Tony Uncle Al for being in season five, which I'm very excited about. Me too. Um, and, uh, like, that's, that's the thing, is that he's... Yeah, he's <clears throat> now... He's now coloring outside the lines in a way that he never has before. Yeah. And, and I think he's a little power drunk. Um, yeah, maybe. He can do whatever he wants because, like, the 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 killing of Ralph reminds me of one other killing, which is, or not a killing, but uh, one other scene, which is when he, when he curb stomps Coco. Right. Um, and that's just, like, it's almost 
like the same amount of fury that he has. Yep. <laughs> and it one's over a horse and one's over his daughter, you know? <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's interesting. Like he, he gets, he gets like carried away. Well, yes. I mean, and he feels free to do that at this point, but he doesn't want anyone else to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And he he feels free to do it even in the moment. But then I think afterwards he feels quite a bit of shame about it. Right. Guilt. And I think there's just that anxiety, like for anyone who's, who's ever realized they like forgot to do a paper or something like that, I would imagine, you know, and like you just have that, just that like ball of anxiety in your stomach or it's like something's just weighing on you right um i would imagine it's the, you know that times just a hundred million thousand billion because it's a, a person you killed you know yeah. I mean, for one you can, you can just get caught by law enforcement and that's that's obviously pretty bad yep. Two, it's also just you know it goes against your honor code with your little boys club in the mafia yeah um treehouse and uh yeah so i would imagine like yeah, I think that I think that that just weighed on him way more than they even really make it a point. Like they have that yeah. those couple dreams a couple uh, episodes ago, and again, it's something that they don't like. They don't write it in big bold letters and like have like neon signs pointing to it. Right. But I think it's there. You know that that it's really and truly weighing on him, and it probably is like, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of like we're over the hump now for the show and i think it's um uh it's definitely like the downfall is like really picking up in a lot of ways completely and and yeah he i mean the thing though for me that sticks out is that this is nothing new Mm -hmm. like so i think that what you're saying with uh with with it not being in in like capital bold letters you know is important because though this was atrocious this isn't that out of the ordinary well, the only diff- in their world, like in their world, I mean, he, and- he killed, he killed pussy, you know, like, right. This is like one other thing that's added to this, like gob of sadness that, right. that is weighing on him all the time right. because of his life. But the only difference now is that, um, you know, Ralph wasn't wasn't an informant mm-hmm. there was no real reason based on that logic yeah there was no by the books yeah. official sanction exactly know? yeah so it was sort of like uh kind of an executive order <laughs> right. i mean you could say that it, it certainly was uh and it uh it could have potentially caused a lot of chaos and sort of did i guess in a way really it did actually of, there was a vacuum there now people and, were asking what was going on mm-hmm. um anyway so like yeah. it's but it's but it's one of those things that like that's one of the cool things about the show is, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said it's not like written in capital letters. It's just reflected in his behavior, you know? And it just like ramps up over the course of the entire series, basically. Yeah. Because by season six, we've got this perpetual, like what, like everybody, everybody in the show even has this, like what's going on with Tony type vibe, like all the time. Yeah. Kind of like you do with like a boss that's been somewhere for like too long or that's like, like you know like if you're new somewhere and there's someone who's like the master of the domain and like you kind of can't like penetrate that you don't really know why they are the way they are yeah but it's like one of those things where like he he becomes so far gone in like his own thing yes he does and this is like a part of that evolution i think right yeah he's, he's he'll become more isolated and like insular and and uh i guess even like paranoid as time goes on too mm-hmm. i mean at the end of next season, when when the whole Adriana thing comes out, I think we even talked about this. But one of the first things he asks Chris is like, 
is whether or not he ever mentioned Ralph Cifaretto in front of her. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I feel like he does get a little crazier. I've, I have heard that David Chase kind of disagrees with that, that Tony is just always Tony from start to finish. But I think like by season six B, there is something going on where he, where like the chasing it episode and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. obviously killing Christopher. He's, he's, he, yeah, he gets a little crazy. I'm, I'm sorry, killing Christopher. Uh, well, uh, that's just a book he's reading. Jesus. Yeah, it's a Bill O'Reilly book. It's a Bill killing O'Reilly book, killing Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for me, folks. That's, You've been great. great. That's the end of we the episode. Done. Um, we, we promised you a long one. That's a nice, solid 35 minutes there. Good Lord. Uh, all right, let's take a break because uh, we need to. And um, I got to go throw up just like, yeah, have, uh, maybe I'll have some realizations while I'm at it. You know? <laughs> uh, we'll come back. Still a lot to talk about. Obviously, like that classic scene in the pool house, enter- the entertainment room. Uh, junior in Me- court. Media room, excuse me. The media room. Media room. Yes. Uh, junior in court. Uh, Christopher and uh, getting out of rehab. Johnny Sack, Carmine, all this, all this other stuff. Also, Bobby should... ordering a pizza, giving literally no information, just going, yeah, it's me. <laughs> and we, we got to talk about all of that. <laughs> this, this That's a big second, scene. The second, big scene. second half of the show. All right, we'll be back. This is No Fucking ZD. In Las Vegas. I love the laughs and love the life There's fun of every kind Next time I come I'll bring my wife I'll do that if I lose my mind A wife in Vegas, take my advice It's like going to China with a sack of rice But I love Las Vegas I love Vegas in the summer No fucking ZD is brought to you by these fucking phones. You gotta remember that chord change happens. It's no longer that's, riff time. It, it, you yeah, know? right. That's that's absolutely right. Uh, it's welcome the back. heaviest shit ever. <laughs> you know that's the song that Eric Clapton wrote to steal George Harrison's wife. I knew. Well, yes, I, I've heard the story, but it's been a while. And so the way that she tells it, she's like, Eric was like obsessed with me, and then right. and then um, he played me this song that he had written for me, and it was. The most beautiful song that anyone had ever played for me. That song, that riff. Yeah, and I was just like, that's not like a beautiful song. That's like a kick-ass that, rock tune. It's like a bluesy kind of thing. Yeah, and like, also like that's better than like the shit that George Harrison wrote. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like, you guys deserve each other. <laughs> you know, it was really his custom Ferrari or whatever. You right, know? right. Well, who was was the story? There's the story. Like George Harrison heard Eric Clapton and then like thought he could never play guitar again or other way around. I never like, heard that. Oh, no, there's some story where one of them, uh, maybe I'm, I think it was, I think it was Eric, Eric Clapton heard Stevie Ray Vaughan mm-hmm. and pulled over on the freeway. Right. And it's like actually exactly the same as the story of when Dr. Dre first heard Eminem on the radio and he pulled over on the, everyone's pulling over on the freeway. <laughs> A lot of driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's driving. Just drive around all day long. Yeah. You know, the times change, you yeah. know. <laughs> 
Uh, Good music episode, though. We were talking episode, about it. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, that first song, the Dean Martin thing is, is awesome. And then, yeah, it's Layla is so just... funny. I mean, if you the whole thing is on YouTube, actually, we'll post it. It's really difficult to find, like, on iTunes. What's oh, the whole song? The, 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 the I love because it's a live thing, actually. Like, yeah. you can hear it, like, in the in the recording. He's like, he's like, bumbling around with the mic and like know, dropping it and shit. It's I thought like, that was us and I was like, oh shit, am I fucking, but then it, it was, it was him. No, your mic technique <laughs> was, is impeccable. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Even though I'm like awkwardly, we kind of face away from each other while we do this in this yeah, room. We can't stand it, you know. We just can't. Yeah, it's just too awkward. It's just but way you, too awkward. You're doing better than Mariah Carey. I'll say true, that. True, <laughs> true. At least we sound checked. So yeah. there's that or mic checked. I lip sync the whole podcast. No, yeah. no one can tell. It's, it's amazing, really. It's because of my dance moves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, yeah, well, you'd be out of breath if you had to actually do the, um, to talk and dance at the same time. So you lip sync. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic, though. I mean, you would, you really can't tell and yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, well, <laughs> this is a no fucking ZD. Um, we're talking white caps, and I guess you know we should really get right down to the separation, if you will, the yes. fights and the uh, domestic drama and all this uh, other have fun stuff. A crazy fight. Yeah. Um, it starts with arena. It starts like most with, good things in life. <laughs> starts with some Russian rigging. Um, uh, oh, they oh, have. Oh, she oh, has oh. called. Uh, she's called, what's AJ called? The home of the beef burger or something like that? Home what's your of the beef? burger, what's your beef? What's your beef, yes. She goes, the handsome boy. The handsome, handsome boy. I love, I, I think it actually goes right from Carmela saying, Anthony, you're so full of surprises to the no. phone ringing, right? Almost, almost like match cut to. The, oh, really? Which I love, if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> which maybe it's not because uh, it's been a couple days since I watched the episode. They should have done that. There's just the delirium in between when I watched and when we're recording right well, now. NFC fact checkers. <laughs> Wherever you are. Anyone who has an HBO password, just let us know. Let, what the password is. Yeah. So we can watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But anyone whose mom has HBO Go, that she doesn't use it. Give us that. Hook us up. Yeah. Um, the HBO Go. The New um, season of Girls is coming up. It's the last season we got to watch. Oh, I see. I see. Um, what else is coming up on HBO? Uh, Actually, let's not advertise for anyone who's not paying us. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we've been we've been bad about that. Um, you know what I love? Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> you get it in the powder and uh, it doesn't go bad. That's enough. That is enough. We are not going to be paid by Hidden Valley Ranch, but we would gladly accept a few dollars here and there. Um, I feel like they're owned by some sort of conglomerate that we have to appeal to. On t- anyways, okay, okay. What? <laughs> so, uh, so they have a huge fight. It's, Big well, okay. So the phone call. Arena sh- calls. It's very good. It's really one of the best phone calls. It's a very good phone call. It's a very good phone call. AJ does it great because, like, he actually saves himself from being really traumatized in a way because yes. him his like one his complete apathy toward anything that doesn't have to do with Devin Pillsbury's vagina, mm-hmm. basically, or boobs. <laughs> um, basically, we don't, we don't know what kind of man. Basically, shields is. him from learning all of these gory details, essentially, because he hangs yeah. up the phone right away, and that's like a very important detail. Like upon rewatching, I was like, "Hey, I forget if AJ like if there's like the possibility that AJ like hung out on the phone, you know?" No, they show him and they show up. him right. hanging up, yeah. and like it's really it really suits his character. It's not just convenient; he just truly couldn't give less of a shit about no, anything. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he wasn't doing an algebra problem. <laughs> no, he's. <laughs> I love the commitment to the studying thing, though. Yeah, yeah, I love he it. Goes so hard like, on it. <laughs> we had to do a problem. We, we were studying. An algebra problem. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Irina calls. She has some uh, some bad news for Carmela. It turns out that, um, well, I mean, she's very jealous of her cousin, I guess. Uh, they she, have sadness in common. They have sadness in common. She's clearly never really gotten over Tony, uh, right. never really gotten over drinking a little too much vodka. And, uh, yeah, and probably never really stopped the, the therapy she needed. Granted, no, nothing that Tony's done uh, makes him innocent here, but, you know. No. Um, no, she, I mean, it's a sad Ar- moment. Arena's a victim. She's also the, like, the, victim, the yeah. youngest party here. She's being like, she's being sent around between like middle-aged men who are essentially like living out midlife crises with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. She's another woman with bad taste in men. Like she and Carmela do have that sadness in common. That's true. For sure. That's very true. Um, but you know, she, she's bummed out. We find out later on that her relationship with assemblyman Zellman Yes. Uh, didn't work out because he couldn't get it up essentially because Tony beat the shit out of him in front of yes uh, arena. In front of arena yeah yet another like subplot that you think is just going to stick to that one episode and it's kind of like week by week it's like well did that really matter what the hell what was the point of that yeah but here we go it but added no, th- up things, it made, it, uh, it, things affect things exactly you, you know? know again they didn't hammer you over the head with it but it was there and now you see the direct result of it so yep um she tells carmela she about uh, about svetlana uh carmela really doesn't need a lot of convincing because of course she knows tony um not before she threatens arena in one of the most like she squeezes it out like a kidney stone basically we have guns here (laughs) you know like it's so it's like it's such a weird it's weird hearing her say that she sucks at it basically yeah i will kill you (laughs) yeah right right like it's like still sort of getting over the sickness and trying to sound tough um she maybe would have killed her (laughs) i have no idea if she showed up to the house who knows what would happen to irena yeah uh carmela and aj would be chopping her up in the bathtub (laughs) (laughs) jesus okay okay well what come on (laughs) that's that's too far (laughs) too dark um so well all right so carmela of course, doesn't need a lot of convincing. No, not I at like all. I like the line that uh, Irina says, where it's just like too crazy for her to make up, or it's too absurd for her to have made up, because that's such a Sopranos thing, you know. Where yeah. They really play around with like the truth being stranger than fiction trope, if you will. Well, it's been yeah. years since since anyone's heard from Irina really, mm-hmm. aside from Tony running into her at Zelman's house, right? Right. It's been yeah. like two seasons, basically. Right. Which is in Soprano world, like four years. Yeah, yeah, like it's that. been so long. Yeah, like that's that's like an absurd amount of time. But but Carmela knows exactly who it is. Yeah, well, but also like just the detail of like the one-legged nurse who was there caring for his mom that you've met that you've had vodka with. Like it does sound totally insane. Really, it's you know, super fucked up from her perspective because like when he bangs her, you're like, cool. She did look kind of hot in that light. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. then like. When she explains it, it's like, oh, shit. It sounds pretty bad. You really feel the gravity of it. It is bad. It's terrible, you know? (laughs) It is, yeah. Um, On paper, this is a bad situation, you know? Right. But it's something that, like, you know, watching it in slow motion, I guess, you don't really think of it as being... Because, I mean, compared to just everything else he's done, like, it's just one more thing Tony Soprano's done that's pretty terrible. Yeah, this is like a lighthearted, victimless crime. Yeah, sort of. Right. (laughs) Like... Like yeah. physically victimless <laughs> at least yeah so there's yeah. that he's got that going for him but i mean you know they they handle it well on the show because that could be something that comes off extremely extremely cheesy and heavy-handed and just like 
totally, you know, that, that's a yeah. jump the shark moment in some ways on a lot of other shows. When he's when you sleep with the one legged woman who cared for your mom, who is your old girlfriend's cousin and oh, living with your uncle. That's and, a good point. You know, but they do it so well. And, you know, because it's just kind of like they just they 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 throw it out there. They just kind of like, you know, again, there's no, um, you know, there's no bells ringing to, to point your direction right to point your attention right to these things. So. Right. Um, completely so yeah I mean even even the, the Layla scene when I mean that's that's like a cliche scene in a way when Carmelo is throwing his golf cl- golf clubs out the window right um, but they do it so well on the show they do they? and like I, I love how she she's doing it to like pick a fight with him you know mm-hmm. he's not gonna no one thinks he's gonna get back in his suburban and head out mm-hmm. and be like well I guess you know I'm not welcome here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks like such a, I, I mean, he, I, I, I think the wardrobe and all the stuff in this scene is really interesting because Carmela is looking, she's looking fresh. She's looking younger in this, in this seat, in this, uh, uh, uh season mm-hmm. because, you know, she's got the Furio thing going. She's trying to like change it up a little bit, spice things up. But the instant, like this white caps thing happens and she's like back in effect a little bit, like the scene where the uh, the Russian phone call goes down, she's kind of back to looking older. I don't know what mm. it is, but she has like like her wardrobe changes a little bit. She's wearing these like khaki pants all of a sudden. She, yeah, she looks like the PTA mom again. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. And and the, it kind of goes back and forth a little bit with her. And and one of the things that's interesting is like in season three, she gets like really old looking, mm. like very unflattering with like the super heavy handed like Italian hair and like too much makeup and all this stuff. But I've just noticed like her wardrobe shifts around a lot. Where like she kind of ages herself, and I don't know if they did that on purpose. Well, probably, but it, yeah, but it really happens. I mean, in this show, of course. Yeah, but, like it probably like it's one of those things where she instant. There's such a contrast between her and and uh, Arena, who's like mm-hmm. hanging out in her under things, like in everybody's dream. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just like it's one of those things where like she instantly looks a lot older. And she just like becomes the old maid again, you know, and like, and, and I don't know if we see it that way because things are like chill again, but she like, you know, there's this like less cool vibe with her and then she gets this news and then she's like, fuck this. And she starts throwing a shit out the window. And, and and also Tony kind of looks like crap too. He's got that. He looks like a mater D at like a weird restaurant with his like the purpley his shirt, shirt. Open. Yeah. yeah the purpley shirt I, I'm not a fan of dark dress shirts I think it's a yeah. terrible idea agreed or there was like a f- weird phase there like yeah. 2000 2004 ish right. with like these solid like colored shirts that you, were just weird like you look like if you're white you look like you work at Radio Shack yeah at best Don't you, do it at best you look like a like some sort of like commentator for like a sports show yes you know what i mean yeah and but it's like uncool it, it's not yeah it doesn't look good uh it, it also like the tie was matching a lot like you, you have like a purple shirt and a purple tie oh dude i think it goes back to regis philbin on, on fucking who wants to be a millionaire because <laughs> his like line of clothing came out after that shockingly he had a 70, line of clothing oh yeah uh, uh yeah well now that you're <laughs> now that you don't remember it i'm worried that maybe i'm making that up but no you know a lot like more him. about regis than i do that's true i yeah that's true um, people, but he, I believe he had like tie. I, I want to say at the very least he had ties going around. I, they, be, I totally believe it. Yeah. I mean, cause like that show was, remember that rash of game shows that came out where it was like a million dollars Yeah, and it was really about how like a million dollars isn't that much anymore. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, but like, you know, but, um, 
Anyhow, anyway, like, so, so every, Tony, everybody, everybody kind of looks like shit in that scene. He's not like wearing a, a nice suit. Yeah, he 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 looks like a little foolish man in it's that scene. very real. Yeah, the sweat on the forehead and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it just feels like a late summer day and you're just looking like shit and feeling like shit already. And then this really shitty thing happens and it just feels even shittier. Yeah, <laughs> after that. totally. Totally. Um, it's very real. Yeah. And I wonder the Carmelo wardrobe. I, I do wonder. I'm sure it, it had a lot to do with feeling more free around Furio. It still sounds ridiculous to say that, 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 that her man, her crush this year was Furio, but Hey, um, but yeah, I'm sure she was like, you know, uh, trying to look a little more, uh, you know, sexy it up for him a little bit, maybe, or she probably yeah. herself felt a little more free. And then maybe once that is over, she kind of assumes the role again, like you said, of like yeah. the, the wife or the mom or just kind of like, you know, I'm sure she feels trapped really again. I would. I mean, mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. I mean, I think that with Furio, it's like what you've called like house cat syndrome. You know what I mean? Mm. Where like she's not really out there, but like basically the two men that aren't complete. I mean, actually, Furio is like a terrible choice and kind of deplorable. But like basically like, you know, the the the, the wallpaper man, Vic Musto mm-hmm. and Furio are like, yeah, he's a great guy. He's the only great good guy. guy in the whole yeah. show. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. Great. Guy. Uh, and he and he steers clear of everyone. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but like, you know, Vic Musto and Furio are like really the only two guys. They like she's like fucking Rapunzel, you know, like they yes. count, they, they're the only two guys like kind of worth a damn that come into her house. Furio still isn't basically still a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she just assumes that like. I mean, and clearly there's a connection, but she like fills in all these blanks in her in her mind. She just like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, she's yeah, got yeah, this totally. house cat syndrome where she's just like, we would get married if I wasn't with Tony. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. chill out. Like you can go get a fucking coffee, maybe, but just like <laughs> slow down. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. guy's a widower. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, with Vic especially. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, she ultimately does feel, I think, just very trapped. And yeah. you know, she says to Vic, someday I'll be free. And, you know. Maybe she was starting to feel like that, and now, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's... It would not have worked out that way with Furio. Would, no, certainly not. Um, and I don't think that Furio likes Shania Twain either, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, the, I, mean, I mean, the scene when the first confrontation, obviously, is, is just incredible. That first scene where it all comes out. Uh, we had one of our que- we're not getting into questions quite yet but one of our questions was no, just, this is a very special episode it is a very special episode but I love that uh, the, the little the, the detail about her, her mom having psoriasis that was hysterical and someone alopecia. asked alopecia I think it was psoriasis it's alopecia uh, I, think it was I have psoriasis. psoriasis I know when people talk about psoriasis you just have a, a thing that just goes it off. Gets, it gets worse, actually. <laughs> um, Kim yeah. Kardashian has psoriasis. Don't, you know, don't, like, right. we have a very high caliber of people that have psoriasis. I know the pain. I know the pain. Trust me. It's terrible. I've done the T-gel treatment and all this other stuff. It's Bro. terrible. Bro. Um, but, uh, and the fingernail detail is just awesome. It's just such a great, like, yes. awesome yes. moment where you're just like, oh, that's what they were doing with that. That's really fucking cool. And Tony's just totally trapped and can't say anything. Because, of course, yeah. you know, like. Because well, she needs this overwhelming amount of evidence to, like, to to pin him down. With yeah. Him. I, w- you know, I don't wish this, but I wonder why he wasn't just like, oh, that must have been just like some girl at the bang. I don't know. That's where, like where I work. Like, why why wouldn't he have just said it was like a stripper's finger- fingernail? But I'm not trying to cover cover for Tony because clearly he deserves what's coming to him here. I think but- because he was caught in the other thing and like also like, you know, Edie Falco 
holy shit, like what a scene for her where yes. she confronts him. And she's got this like she's playing it so hard because like in her mind, she's been angry for like the whole season. She's exploding at him. But really, it's finally like the excuse to feel this way. Mm-hmm. It's not like some new feeling that she has where she's like, oh, he's cheated on me. You know what I mean? Like she she's but she's like going through all these motions where she's screaming at him and then she's calm and she's like, I want you to leave, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like she's really twisting the knife like as hard as she can and just like milking it for every moment. And I think that she's doing such a good job of that. He's really blindsided by it. And I think the yeah. only way that she as a character is capable of that is by, you know, through having this like basically this this long steeped animosity and like again, like a huge amount of evidence that he can't wiggle out of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's got him. I mean, she has him here. He knows yeah. it. He can't really defend himself. Um, yeah. I, I, I do love the way he tries to at least defend himself there. It's like that mob, he tries to use that mob double speak on her and it really doesn't work where he says something like, I didn't carry on an affair with that woman. I would take a lie detector test to that effect, which is like basically like, yeah, we didn't have an ongoing thing. And if you specifically asked me that question, I would tell the truth and be like, no, we did not have a long affair. Yeah. But of course he just fucked her on the couch one day because <laughs> he was drinking in the afternoon on his uncle's couch. Yeah. Like, and I, and I actually, I love sort of like moving along a little bit to, to where he actually speaks with, with, uh, um, Svetlana, Svetlana. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Svetlana Kirilenko. Mm-hmm. I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, when he actually speaks with her, Bill's wife. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> Bill. Um, I want to meet Bill. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he's another guy. I could, I could, I could hand, I could deal with a Bill spinoff. Yeah. Bill or Furio. That's about it, though. The gold mines there. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically, you know, I, I I love how she continues to challenge him, and she's like, "Fuck you, man! Like you yeah. know what you're doing. You're a big boy." Yep. And he goes, "He goes, what do you got ice in your veins?" He goes, "I had ice in my veins on your uncle's couch." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Woo, girl!" I like her even more after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Like she's just like, dude, like get real, you know? Yeah, yeah like yeah. go home. Also, like get out of get off my fucking stoop. Yeah, I just love it. Like she continues to tell him to kick rocks. Yep, and is like the baddest bitch on the show. She is. In She's a cool. lot of ways. I like Svetlana. Yeah. Um, I also like that, you know, this is a season about money. Everyone's worrying about money. And I yeah. like that's the, the catalyst for that. I wrote down exactly what it was. I kind of forget. FICA now. and federal withholding. Right. Yeah. So the catalyst for it is that Bronca uh, was just mad about some financial issues. And basically that was the reason that she ran off to Irina to tell on Svetlana. Ah, good point. Yeah. Um, so yet again, this is like a, such a penny pinching season for everybody. They're all worried about like, where's my money? Where, where's, when's more coming? And if I don't get it, like, here's what I'm going to do about it. You know? Right, right, right. And uh, so even Tony got Tony got beat by that as well. You know, he played this he game did. a lot. He will continue to play and has played forever. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, I mean, we have to talk about the media room fight. Probably one of like, I mean, is it the best? It's, is it? It's at least the best Tony Carmella scene in the yeah. series, right? Yeah, and it also gives us a really good view of like all the sh- all the unnecessary shit that they have at their house because they start in the pool, and they move <laughs> yeah. to the media room. <laughs> they start in the pool because she, he needs to move the movie theater seats off the lawn <laughs> yeah, exactly. so she can run the the automatic sprinkler system. Probably. Exactly, and it, and it's just one of those things where like it's it's a perfect setup. You know what I mean? Because like 
it's uh first of all why they left the movie theater seats there like i'll never know you know clearly like because mm-hmm. there's a scene where he and aj are moving them prior to that and he's like we'll just get them tomorrow and then they don't mm-hmm. and so it's this like this booby trap yeah but it's an amazing scene and i it's think that just... the, the highlight of that scene is where he really like his his like Hadouken moment where he's like <laughs> he like tries to like drop the nuke in the middle of the conversation is when he's like talking about how um he's talking about how uh you know he thought about Carmela's question about like why her and like what does he like about her and all what does she have that Carmela doesn't have and he tries to answer that yeah and it's like ninety percent sort of like happenstance bullshit almost entirely yeah Yeah. and he like but he like really puts his back into it and then she goes okay but what about all these other like thousand fucking pigs that you had your dick in all these years (sighs) yeah and she said it's just like such a slam dunk were you best friends with all them too like what a great line you (laughs) know yeah i love that it's just like and she like she belittles him so well when she's at her best like when she's when she's talking about uh, when she's talking about talking about the mafia in general and talking to him about getting out, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what are you like in a treehouse or something? You know, like yeah. she's, she's so good at patronizing him yep. when it really counts. And that is an amazing, amazing situation. Yeah. Uh, and it, it gets under his skin. I mean, he's he's on the defense of that whole time. And well, she, she throws the Furio thing. The Furio thing. Finally. Yes. Um, but even leading up to that, like, it's just, it's just so real and so lived in and there's just yeah. like, um, just so many details. Like we, we were talking about the intervention and how like that really isn't a scene that could have ever happened before really season four, episode 10, because you needed just like the years of like background and understanding the relationships mm-hmm. and who these characters mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. and just like a ton of you need, you need like if they ever tried to do the intervention scene like at the end of season one it would have been like a funny comical scene we would have been like yeah whatever um and this is another scene i think like that where it's just like it's really just been building obviously from the pilot but like you really feel that it's been building actually for like decades or more you know completely yeah yeah, yeah. um it just feels so real and yeah. i mean i don't know we've, we've ever yeah you know, if you're in a relationship you've had i'm sure you've had some some big fights and stuff like that i'm sure no no nope. punching holes Never. in the walls nope. like that nope. no fights no um, fights here um uh, but you know i mean they just uh, the just the anger and like the just how personal you make it and it's like it's terrible of course oh, yeah. And it's uncomfortable to watch when someone else is doing it, but it's just very, very real. It was, it's super real. Yeah. Also, the, the the conversation that they have where like he's moving out is like very abrupt and sort of impromptu, but also very real. Like at the end, or yeah, where where when they announce it to uh, Meadow and AJ. Yes. And um, of course, Meadow's really hit by it, and she has an interesting flashback. Yeah. To the episode where Noah breaks up with her. Yeah, right. Um, and she nothing in this house to eat. Yeah, and I, 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 I've thought over the years about the meaning of that, and I really think that I don't think that I, I think it's it's a it's a really cool thing to have in there, not because there's some like deep meaning to it, but I think it's just like you know if when when stuff like that happens or when tragedy's going on, you have like weird flashbacks to things you and do. like some, and everybody feels guilt, especially kids in the middle of a divorce. And like, she's just like basically thinking back to being a shithead at one point or yeah. another. Yeah. And like, how did I contribute to this situation? Which is too bad. Cause it's 100% her dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Agreed. But she can't live with that. She has to like find something for herself because she still thinks of him. 
you know, as this, as this, you know, she thinks very highly of him and she can't accept it. And yeah, she even almost like taking his side in a way. Yeah. Well, she seems to try to try to blame Carmela for it with the Furio thing. Once she hears about it, she's like, Oh, I know why this happened. Yes. And it's like, come on. Like your dad's a total like sleazeball, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. She won't admit it. Yeah. And she isn't, that's the thing, but she can't accept what he actually is. Right. Um, I also think that flashback, like not to get too far ahead here, but you know, I think one of the main points of this, this the show in general that I think they really hammer home in the last couple episodes and the series finale and the last scene of the show um, is really like you kind of it sounds almost cheesy to say for such as like a serious and revered show but like you mm-hmm. kind of don't appreciate what you have as you have it and you really don't notice no. something's gone until it's like too late you know hear that podcast and, listeners <laughs> yeah just gearing you guys up yeah, for when we exactly. get there um, you it's know it's true it's completely true though and that's the theme of the show it is it is and I, so I think that flashback in a way too is Meadow looking back and yes feeling ashamed and stupid because she's kind of thinking like even just last year it was so good you know like my parents were together still like I mean it's never really good in Soprano world but yeah. it was it was good in a way you know yeah, but you know a season or two from now she's going to be complaining about the lack of fresh blueberries in the house you yeah, know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah it's like so cyclical and these Sopranos they always want someone to demonize you know <laughs> right. as Tony Sachs <laughs> right um, but so you know in general I mean just like really and truly um the maybe the closest the show has done to like a masterpiece episode would you say i don't know it's, it's right one of them there. it's definitely one of them yeah for sure for the, the family stuff and all that this yeah. one is 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 really heavy it yeah. feels like a movie basically you know it does and except they have the advantage of not having to i mean the hour long episode <laughs> they can get so much done because they don't have to go over a backstory Right. And like it's a movie every week, but they don't have to set anything up. Yeah. Well, and also like I, I wrote down all like the just the little examples and we kind of talked about them all throughout. But like season four just like really does do a good job of laying these like tiny little breadcrumbs throughout the season. Yeah. That, like you don't really care about. But, you know, uh, obviously the Zellman thing. Uh, like you just said, Meadow asks about uh, Furio. Like, so we like those details of AJ going to Furio's house, which led AJ to tell Meadow, right, right. which now has informed Meadow's opinion about what happened. Um, obviously, we have to get to the Carmine stuff, but the Ralph joke comes back up again. Polly talking to Johnny Sack. Like, there's so many little things mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that really add up here. Like, I really kind of feel like. If, I wonder if he went back in time and asked David Chase like pre-season one what he felt like the perfect episode of what his show The Sopranos would be. I think like I wonder if in his mind it was something like this where it was right. like really heavily on the like, heavy on the family stuff because that was just almost more interesting in a way just mm-hmm. to see how a mafia family lowercase family um, you know functions and then like just a little bit of mafia stuff. You well, know? But this is like the cat. Yeah well it's interesting that you say that because like when you sort of half mentioned the Carmine stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like that's like the simplest part of this episode and sort of who cares, you know? Yeah. Um, when you compare it to what's going on here, yep. because this is really, I feel like in a way you're completely right because it's, it's one of those things where you would have needed all of these episodes under your belt in order to have this kind of like absolute, like insane club, this in order to have this like absolute insane clusterfuck, Mm -hmm. you know, and which is what happens where it's like all of this stuff is intertwined. You know, it's his mother, 
it's 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 you know the russian Mm -hmm. it's his mafia lifestyle it's his family you know like all that shit is all crinkled together and then you've got the zelman aspect of it Mm -hmm. which is like 100 percent mafia based but like yeah crooked zelman (laughs) uh lion zelman um But like, it's just one of those things where it's like you need so much legwork in order to make a story like this work. And then on top of that, you've got all those breadcrumbs you were mentioning, which like, you know, like no one's thinking of Valentina this episode. And then and then Carmel is like, yo, but also the fingernail. dude. And it's it's fucking crazy. It's it's kind of this. This is really like what I feel like in conceptualizing this show what you would imagine but yeah. what what takes fucking forever it just takes forever yeah and like you could never pitch this episode to a network no you know what i mean yeah like it would could, never make sense right you could maybe do an indie movie you know yeah like an 85 minute low budget indie movie that Black would get white. that would get some yeah <laughs> that would get some festival play on dv cam yeah <laughs> um like fernando or but uh, uh um, but it just yeah i mean it, it takes years to get there and it's it's it can be kind of frustrating i think for viewers like season four was um, even for some, I know like just from some of the Twitter things we've gotten that a lot of people going into season four, we had a couple tweets that were just like season four is the least, or the worst season or the, or my so-and-so's least favorite season. Um, and I understand that cause yeah. yeah, not a lot's going on in a way, but at the same time, quite a bit's going on. It's a little short-sighted. Yeah. Um, but week to week, I will say it was kind of like, you know, like I remember calling all cars airing and that's like a 45 minute episode and like not a lot happens and it ends on this weird dream and just kind of being like, that's so we have like two episodes left and that's what they just gave us. Like, I remember also thinking the same thing and, and even at the time when this finale aired, I was like, it was good. It just wasn't good for a finale, but it was a good episode. But now I'm like, actually, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking crazy. It takes you on this like there are twists and turns and all this shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, even the way that this podcast has gone. I mean, we started out with this like jovial tone and now it's like moved to this like sad <laughs> vibe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, let's let's fix. Let's quickly get through some of the Can we talk stuff. about Bobby ordering pizza. Yeah, right, that's what I want to get like, to specifically. <laughs> so they lean on this juror. And uh, mm-hmm. ruin his life, basically, and probably make yep. him feel like shit forever. Yep. I think it's safe to say. Terrible. Yep. Um, and then they go home, and Junior's, like, still a little nonplussed, as he'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great use of the word. Frankly, I could live with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but Bobby orders pizza, and yep. he mentioned, he did, and he, it's, I mean, I what I really would love to see is one of those phones that doesn't even have the number thing where you just pick it up and there's only just one number that'll call. Right this. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the pizza phone, you know, um, like at a hotel in the old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, he dials and he says, "Yeah, give me a." Da, 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 da. And then he goes, yeah, it's me. And he just hangs up. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. It's, like, yeah, how I many pizzas do you have to order? I mean, oh boy. what I want to know, I mean, and based on Bobby's weight, I think, and, and also his like killing record, I think we know the answer to this question. But what I want to know really is, is that familiarity based on the number of pizzas he's ordered over the years? Or based on like kneecapping a dude and they have to be nice and they probably pay him protection oh, money. Interesting. That's my question. I feel like that's I, the gotcha of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> really. Another clue. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say it's number one that he's ordered <laughs> like two pizzas per week. Like thousands of pizzas. Yeah, at the very least. And and like Friday afternoons, he stops in to get a slice and a Coke. And that's his cheat day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Bobby's uh, cheat day. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, I feel like cheat day is a really good name for a band. Oh, yeah. I like that. Don't say. Well. 
shit. TM. <laughs> TM. Copyright right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this yeah, Bobby's scene. Intellectual property. Right. Bobby's scene is why we gave the show the finest acting award, I think. Right. Finest. Yeah. Finest acting. Certainly um, the finest like fictional pizza ordering I've ever seen. You can just you can just hear the guy on the other line and hear. That's the, on my box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them is with no cheese, by the way. I just wanted to point that out. Um, well, uh, probably for just, Janice. Just She's probably fine. You're right. Lot. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, we have to at least talk about the Carmine stuff. It's the 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 boss hit that never comes to be, um, but it's certainly teased quite a bit. And uh, it's I think it's the thing you think the episode's building to. You're fully expecting this to be like, oh shit, Carmine's going down. Yeah, there's a little bait and switch happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ultimately, it doesn't happen because everyone gets the money they want, and they kind of all want to preserve the peace. Um, except Johnny. Except for Johnny. Yeah, who has who's ambitious as of late well he's more upset with carmine than we would have expected because i remember not you know three episodes ago we were talking about how well like kept and and how like what a nice unified front the new york family puts up right they're really pro right um but carmine really lets tony behind the curtain so to speak you know, uh, Carmine does. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Johnny Sack really lets Tony behind the curtain. Yeah, so yeah. to speak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Johnny, uh, he he wants that. You know, Tony can sense it. Johnny wants to take over at some point, and he's getting a little antsy for it. And yeah. also, his pockets are getting tight, and Ginny wants to go to Italy. And again, it's another just like fuck any money, uh, right. and just deciding. And the prosciutto budget is just like right. I'm oh, sorry, that was. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, All right, is, I'll, I'll t- sorry, sorry, you sorry, guys. Ginny. Is there a good? There's no good Ginny fat jokes in this one. I don't think. Right? No. I think actually, there's one, but I can't think of what it is. Um, so we got a couple cool mob scenes, though, for sure. A lot, a lot of cool mob speak. I love the just make sure that Tony keeps saying to Christopher, and Christopher knows what that means. Right? Did he? So did he mean that when he initially ordered the hit? I think so. I think almost certainly. Like I think it was just like you have to kill oh him. Oh my god! But I think Christopher was like, yeah, yeah. Like I'll make sure. I didn't really maybe want to do it. it was like kind of like, well, he just got out of rehab and he's like Namaste all day. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he's probably doing yoga and like eating Hershey bars and. Yeah, shit like that. It's it's one of those things. It's like your boss says you got to do something, and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, like, and then you're kind of thinking about it, like, if he reminds me again, I'll do it. But you know, otherwise, I'm gonna go home early tonight and not stay and do this thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But then Tony not not kill kill down. two guys. Yeah. Um, but these are also guys that sold him heroin. That's an interesting sort of like right. little little like spice thrown in there. It's like the nutmeg in the story. You know, it's yeah. like there and it adds earthiness, but it's not yeah super consequential. Well, it's just, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just kind of like, oh, right. This is why you're never really going to get over heroin. <laughs> it's because you yeah. come back to work and your boss is like, hey, go to those guys you used to buy heroin from. Well, he volunteers and them. That's the other that's thing. That's true. Like, that's a good point. He sort of stinks at being sober. Like, let's be honest. Like, he's he's well, like he's like doing sit-ups at midnight. And yeah, like pissed about the wine. <laughs> pissed about the wine. And yep. it's just like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm really sorry, but you need, yeah. you need like a new line of work. He needs to be like a swim coach or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's weird and creepy. <laughs> well, actually, not a swim fan, <laughs> a swim coach. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I guess that it just goes to show then that, yeah, he is not very serious about it. Cause like it's the second it comes up, the second he gets up the first opportunity, you're right. He's like, yeah. Oh, I can call my old, my old dealers. <laughs> yeah. That's like literally the thing. Yeah. yeah true. And, I didn't think of that. Yeah. It's just like, but 
also, I mean, it kind of makes me feel bad for the dealers a little bit. Yeah. I mean, what I want to know is where the down payment went. You know what I mean? So don't they like, get it back? Oh, well, I guess the down well, payment. Well, you the down just... payment. I mean, anyway, so like, you know, don't say jack shit to Kaisha about this. <laughs> uh, but, and I just want to point out that Kaisha is this background character that it's the name that Chrissy uses yeah. when he lies about his relationship with Juliana Margulies. Uh, well, um, Skiff in the show. Juliana Skiff, but yeah. her real name in real life is Juliana Margulies. Right. Yeah. Um, and she, and he's, he claims that his girlfriend is this woman named Kaisha yeah. who's black and he doesn't want to bring her around because right, Paul right, is racist. Right. And he buys and he, her the Luther Vandross, Luther Vandross box, box set. Exactly. <laughs> remind me to, remind us to listen to some Luther Vandross oh, on that episode. I need, think yeah. that, that's really important. Good call. Yeah. Plot twist. We'll forget that. But someone tweeted at us, please. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically like that, that kill scene though with Benny is amazing. Yeah, like, Benny really is cool. fast as fuck. I've never seen someone run like that in a pair of jeans. <laughs> dungarees. Dungarees. They're, they're dungarees when they're worn like that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> with Anyone the, with else the shirt think... tucked into them like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those and, like, are dungarees. I think it's a windbreaker tucked into them. Is actually. it really? It's <laughs> <laughs> like worse than anything. Yeah. But like, I mean, they shoot the fuck out of those they guys. They really do. First of all. Second of all, they haul ass back to their Accord, which has roof racks, which mm. I thought was like a really interesting <laughs> production detail. That. I did not notice and that. It actually made me think of the 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 most cutting thing that Tony says to Carmelo, which is like, we we all know that what you want is a Hyundai and a little gold heart on a chain. Yeah. Which is like, it just makes me think about like, well, that's kind of Benny, you know, yeah. he's, he's got his Honda <laughs> right. and his windbreaker. And he's wearing those chains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it just made me think about that. Yeah, um, yeah it's a cool scene. I love the roof racks. Like, what's he, does, does Benny, like, kayak or surf? Like, yeah. what are they for? He puts a little, like, Thule thing up there yeah. and yeah, just goes, goes upstate for the weekend. cross-country skiing. Up to, up to the Catskills, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering about that. Just cooks on, like, a, a wood burnt, wood oven stove or, what am I trying to say? Woods, shut up. Um, a fire. Wood fire, stove, cooking heat and pans you just jam nouns together and make things basically yeah that's what that's what i've 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 made it very far in life doing that uh yeah it, it is a cool scene though. I, I, I love the weird morbid detail of the dude just like shooting straight up because he's just like all fucked up and that it's just so dude, crazy these i mean i hate to say it but these poor guys yeah <laughs> you I know. know what i mean um yeah, the Kaisha thing is funny though. There's a lot of we'll talk about it as it goes on, but there's a lot of Christopher things like that, like the, the just like that stick in his mind, yeah. his drug-addled mind. Like clearly, these weird details, like the cleaver, mm. and like you know, then this the name Kaisha yeah. for some strange reason. He's Which, just so, I've never ne- met anyone named Kaisha. Uh, like that's like that's one of the best fictional names I think that yeah. we've heard. Um, so uh, ultimately, yeah, they don't kill Carmine. Um. Nope. You know, Johnny still has some plans to do it. I mean, there's there's some tension between him and Tony, but Tony still considers him a dear, dear friend. Well, Tony does a good job of stomping it, I think. Yeah, but we're kind of left with it's like simmering. You know, like these are these are the first couple drops. Uh, you know, that are the first couple leads that we're gonna follow down in season five and six, right? With, like the New York, uh, mm-hmm. New Jersey mob war. Uh, obviously, I mean, Carmine dies next episode, actually, which is kind of crazy. So he's Whoa. he's not long for this world, okay. um, which is really like 18 months away. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we so we don't get the mob war quite yet, which kind of makes sense because it just would be kind of really weird narratively if they tried to cram that in like the last half hour of the season. Well, like, really, they, this is the halfway mark of the show mm-hmm. and we get a war between him and Carmela, And then at the end yeah. of the actual show, we get a real mob war finally. Yeah, right. So... 
Um, there the, you have it. There, there you do have it. Uh, the one, the detail that I do like that I that the, I like the the detail of the more is lost by indecision than wrong decision that Carmela says to Tony, that right. Tony then says to Johnny. Just because I feel like you could probably say that about their marriage, <laughs> you know. That's gosh, that's a they, really they, good point. You know, really, Carmela probably should have cut cut bait. You know, six months into the relationship and just been like, no, I'm not gonna marry a mob guy. But she stayed with him, and now. A lot of times been lost. Didn't um, he bring her mom like a power drill and a grape soda or yep. something like that? I forget what it was. Yep. He wore a blue dress. I'm getting a lot of things mixed up here. Nope, that's all correct. Yeah, that is okay. absolutely correct. Um, so it's 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 an interesting situation. They leave it simmering, but we know that. And again, like this is kind of uh, they they do a good job of this with the show because we think that this is going to lead to some insane shit. It's a real power shift. Yeah. And what we're used to between Tony and New York in general. Yeah. Where it's this kind of like impenetrable mountain, but he's like definitely behind the curtain and he's seeing the cracks. Mm-hmm. And, right, right. And you kind of realize that Tony is really well off right now because he's like, he's firmly in charge. He doesn't have to fight with Junior over anything. Mm-hmm. All his people are like, seem to be with him at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Polly. So Polly, you know, uh, Polly, that's almost a good, jump ship or thought he was gonna, that's a good point. Cause actually they're talking about this whole, you know, Alan Sappinsley business. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess this is a good segue to like a nice topic to end on is, uh, Tony basically harassing <laughs> this guy, <laughs> but, um, you know, they're talking at the Bing about, about this whole situation with the boat and like, and, or with, uh, excuse me, the house, and Johnny Sack and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and Polly is just going out of his way to talk about like you know what a what an ass muncher he oh, is yeah. basically. <laughs> like it's, he, it, it's so over the top. I always tried very fucking hard to uh, yeah. make sure he thought he liked me, and it's just like yo, Polly. Like it's so obvious. It's, I mean, well, Syl and Tony like exchange a look there, and even kind of look back at Polly, and I feel like they make the decision right there. They're like, we're gonna let this go, let this go for now. Yeah. But we know that just confirmed it for us almost completely do you think that yeah. i mean i almost thought that I, I almost like read it more as an eye roll just like yo like we like like sill and tony seem to have already almost like decided to let it go no 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 no. that they know well yeah to let it go but also like you know they seem to have decided that you know they know polly has been has been sort of like cozying up with Johnny Sack. Yeah. Um, and this almost felt like more of an eye roll to me personally. Like, yeah, just I being guess. like, oh, this guy, you know what I mean? Like, every day with the... Yeah, you know? it's like almost embarrassing at this point. Exactly, like, really? that's what this I mean. He's still pulling this... Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess so. So... Uh, it's not a competition. It is not. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything we missed. I mean... I mean, the, the amazing, probably a lot. the amazing harassment. Oh yeah. Right. Alan, Alan Sappensley, um, who thinks of himself as quite a tough guy though. Yeah. And it's just another example of these guys who like, you know, they get in Tony's crosshairs mm-hmm. or, you know, like not as an enemy at the beginning at least, but they, you know, they, they, they start hanging out with Tony or whatever mm-hmm. and they start like acting crazy essentially you know what i mean yeah, fucking this and fucking that fucking this and fucking that and like you know even like 
first of all, he's a perfect cliche rich guy yes. with his blazer and like the hat from some like the, festival from Sundance, from Sundance, which is probably yeah. my favorite detail of the episode. Yeah. Sun- Sundance 2002, Alan Sappensley was there. Oh yeah, I'm sure some young director was asking for money from this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know. Like, and they and they wear those. It's either that or like a a Corvette hat or something. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but they they style him really really well, and but he's a really good like stand your ground type dude. Yeah. And he's rich as fuck, but he's on the straight and narrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as, as much as you can be, as yes. much as you can. I mean, I don't know on the boardroom, but like, right. like, but that's one of those things that's really interesting where he, he tries to match wits and, and stuff with Tony, but there's like a level that he's not willing to stoop to eventually. I mean, that, that essentially is what, I mean, there, there are guns that he, I mean, figurative guns that he just cannot match with Tony, Yeah, which is like the below the belt, kind of below the law shit although like i i love what they came up with for this with the 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 sound system it's just fucking genius on the boat like blasting yep this 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 wasted dean martin <laughs> it's fucking genius yeah it really is yeah it's so good uh and great use of benny and little polly's time <laughs> but um yeah i just imagine them sitting on the boat being like this is hilarious <laughs> you know um yeah, I really like that. I, you know, because you maybe sort of expect like, oh, they're just gonna kill this guy and like and his wife, which would have been just like insane. And and Tony knows that would have been boring. Well, it would have been boring, but and, and Tony knows that would that would draw all kinds of heat from the feds and whatnot. And hey, I, AS just, isn't wrong. That's yeah, and, and just it's just so creative and hilarious and just and just and uh, it's a great final scene for the for the year for the season for the series. This is the last episode of The Sopranos. Well, um, it, it could be sort of. I mean. I love that that he he says that he knows how to deal with these people. He dealt with them on that Neapolitan copyright thing yes. for Enya, <laughs> which is great. I mean, hey, if he's dealing with Enya, he has like a Heisman on his fucking desk. Did you notice that? I did not like, notice he that. has a, like I think it's a Heisman. Interesting. I, I don't know. In fact, let's like someone nope, fact nope. check that. For, okay. Now that we've said it, it's just true. Never mind. Yeah. Listen, Mister Know It All, who was telling us all about where those houses were, maybe you could do a little research for us. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick let's up put the him slack. to work. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, shout out. Uh, but you know, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's a brilliant end of the episode. And I think it's, it's also perfect music. It wraps it up in that really nice. I mean, I think this is on par with the end of, uh, season two with that mm. amazing, uh, oh, Keith Richards right. song. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I think this is right up there. It's less emotional, yep. but it's definitely just like, whoa. Like, we really got a show this yeah. season. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is a TV show. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's show. great. It's fucking great, yeah. Um, so, looking ahead to season five, I'm trying to think of, like, what's been set up. I mean, we get one scene with Adriana, or two scenes, really, but one scene with her and the FBI. They're getting a little cozy. Um, oh, yeah, and she also, like, the the uh, agent San Severino mm-hmm. has actually a great moment where she's just staring at Adriana like she's fucking nuts about what the veto phone calls you mean or well, something no, no, no. Else? when uh when she says that um shit she she's talking about chrissy getting back from rehab oh right and she's like maybe you know, he Chrissy won't. chrissy's wondering if he won't be such right. a great father now and she's looking at her like you're way sicker than i could have ever imagined yeah basically. he was never going to be a great father yeah, there's something very very wrong with you yeah it's a bit of a turning point for her so maybe 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 even that's the setup because like things have been sailing along with them but maybe she sees now like maybe that's just some sort of an indicator that things mm-hmm. are going to get 
like they're going to be playing for keeps a little harder come season five. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely there to remind you. You know, they didn't really go hard on the Adriana stuff after the whole. Th- I first- would go hard on the Adriana <laughs> stuff personally. Sorry, continue. Um, but after it first comes to light, you know, she doesn't really get many uh, like spotlight episodes of the season except for like the watching too much television thing. And she just realizes she's fucked and that's kind of all they do. Uh, next season, of course, she'll be really like one of the, the main main characters of the show. She really moves up. Um, so will her bowels, actually. Yes. And, and it's interesting we that learned like, a lot about those bowels. You know, food poisoning, NFZ, mm-hmm. you, Tony, Pussy, Adriana. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Barfing, mm-hmm. IBS, mm-hmm. planning a wedding. <laughs> Kaisha. Kaisha. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they haven't been introduced yet, but we know there's some, uh, some stuff going on with uh, some tensions with the New York mob. We'll get the class of 2004 next season with like Phil and Feach and uh, Tony Uncle Al. Tony Uncle Al. I mean, yeah. that's honestly just it's yeah. going to be great. I mean, I feel like this is really... This is the meat of the series. There is a little, like, as much as I love season four, there's, like, a return to form in season five. That's exactly. kind of like, oh, this feels like, it has, like, a season three feel again. You're like, oh, cool, this is, like, moving fast. It's, yeah, but it's, it's elevated because there's all of this, there, there's a, there are tensions in all these weird places that they can draw on, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, an even, it's, like, just an even more vivid world, you yeah. know? Yeah, And, like, they're going back to some, you know, it's just, it's exploratory, you know what it I is. mean? This is the daft punk of television <laughs> yes, right. shows. You know what I mean? Right. And that they all wear kind of robotic masks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Did we get any questions this week? We we have quite a few questions, no actually. Shit. Let's try and get through them. We could do like a little light, lightning around here and try to get through as many as we can. Um, and some of them we kind of answered throughout the show. So I think well, we can that, skip the ones that we answered. Um, In fact, why don't you just shame them by being like, yo, so-and- at so-and-so, we answered your question. At so-and-so. <laughs> just to make sure they know that we know. Let me see. I mean, uh, I'm trying to see where these like really start now. Um, well, all right. So here's one from at Grant Garvania. Um, any thoughts on the parallels between Alan Sappensley and Tony Soprano? And he mentions that they have the same initials, AS, AS. They're both kind of tough guys. Do you see anything there? Yeah. I mean, um, we, we, you know, we, I guess we kind of talked about that. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> here's they're, one. They're both tough guys. They're both, yeah, they're they're tough guys. And, uh, but and, there's a level that Alan Sappensley will not go to. Right, there we go. This is from at TG Star. That's S-T-A-R-R-E. So maybe it's not Star. Star um, He says, you guys are awesome. We agree. Great. Uh, Moving on. But, well, <laughs> but... This uh, let's Whoa. let's see let's see. Whoa. But, they teach you in the corporate world to replace the word but with and. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> uh you really got to break down your breaking bad hate cuz I don't really get it and it comes up a lot. This is a tough one actually. <sighs> so how I'll, much time you got? We uh, um 30 milliseconds. Um <laughs> yeah. I would say I don't think either of us hate breaking bad. I no. I wasn't I was a little more down on it than you were while it was airing. I, I'm man enough to admit that some of that was just like the hype train and I was just kind of like, like I saw a lot of people just saying it was like hands down, like season two, they were already saying like hands down is the best, best series of all time, yeah, but that was because which is crazy. All, because, was because all these people who weren't paying attention to good television were like, television's good now. Yeah, I and agree. Like, I agree. You know what that I mean? That was part of it. But for me, I actually think in a weird way, we kind of answered that uh, in this episode as well, where I just, I feel like Breaking Bad was more 
Um, they wrote in bold font. They wrote, they highlighted, they underlined, they neon signed it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, it was just, it's not a bad show by any means. I just think it just wasn't for me because yep. it just was, it has it had a much different format that's really, I is not totally for me. It's like a mission Preach show. Preach it. It's like an A to Z. They're, they're moving from the, from A to B to C to D. Whereas I feel like the Sopranos goes like A to L to G to P. So they're just all over the place. And, uh, we gotta turn this into a rap someday. Yeah, I was this just was really. If good. you threw a beat down, I would have kept yeah. going through the whole alphabet. Yeah. Um, and those are my problems with it. And I felt like there were a lot of fourth and fifth act angels on that show who kind of swooped in and hundred like, percent a lot of well timed phone calls and people in junkyards who knew way too much about the law and <laughs> helped them out in strange ways. Yeah. And a lot of like Mr. White do a science and then he does a science and then they're saved. Okay, so just to give you some perspective, that was the no fucking ZD member who hates the show less than me. Um, so <laughs> I thought you were a bigger fan, actually. Well, no, because it's actually interesting that you say that because I remember when I was watching it, it was very suspenseful and exciting. And I was kind of, I was like really, really into it while it was airing. Yeah. And I'm still into it while it was airing. Um, and I still think it was a good show and everything. But it was funny because we sort of switched. Like mm. You took forever to watch it. And then I finished it. And then I rewatched it once. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Mm. Um, I, don't, I, don't yeah, mean, I don't think it has a lot of rewatchability. I don't mean the show sucks. I mean, rewatching it sucks. Mm. And they're, they're, the thing about The Sopranos and... And I realize that it's bullshit to say that I don't like Breaking Bad because Sopranos is so good. And I don't dislike Breaking Bad either. But the thing is that what I what I like in a in a in a television show and what I like in a movie, for example, like the reason why I can watch The Shining over and over again or Godfather mm. 2, um, you know, or uh, Bridesmaids is that like there's so much to totally puzzled. I just accepted that. I was like, yes, yeah, Bridesmaids. <laughs> Miss Congeniality also one of my favorite movies. Um, you know, there, there's so much that is in there and that it's drawn, it's drawn on in terms of this organic nonlinear world. Mm. And I think that that's, that's what interests me the most is that there are things that don't matter in breaking bad. There's nothing that doesn't matter. And yes, that's the that's, thing. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me about it. Also toward the end, like there are some scenes where like the complaint that I'm about to, to register with the County clerk mm-hmm. um, in a moment is fully about like, scenes that I think are some of the best scenes that have ever been on television. Like the train heist scene mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad is one of the the most well done like commercial to commercial television moments mm-hmm. like I've ever seen in my life. Like musically, the way it's shot, it's so suspenseful. Yeah. It like makes your heart race. And but but at the same time it's like all of this stuff is so linear. It's like Oh my God, the situation's impossible. How are you going to figure it out? Exactly. And then they figure it out or they, they fuck up a few times and then they're like, shit, we've run out all our options. What are we going to do? And he's like, I have an idea. And then they figure it out. And then something. Yeah. And I agree. And that I can't get behind. Do I think the acting's amazing? Yes. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's very good acting. Okay. Um, (laughs) No, it's it's it, the the it acting. Some of the, the acting, acting actually, is yeah. really really good. That's very true. And I will commend it for getting so dark at the end. I really did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. How they, you know, it, it, because they they were part of this new renaissance of television in a way mm-hmm. um, that that Sopranos really did make way for. Let's be honest. But yeah, like the definitely. fact that Breaking Bad was on cable. 
and not premium cable is like it says a lot that they were able to like take it to this place Mm -hmm. that like with the neo-nazis and all that shit and like it's actually funny because like i don't even know if a network would have approved this those types of plots at this point because of all the Nazis that are in the White House. <laughs> and like, it's such a hot topic. I don't mean that as a joke. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like there are all these people offended by talking about like people being racist and all this stuff. I think that it's really interesting that it's like this, it's it's emblematic of the moment in so many ways. So I don't not respect it. I just don't enjoy it all that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I feel, I do respect it. I do respect like Brian Cranston in particular and, um, and you know, Aaron Paul did a great job. But yeah, I have a lot yeah. of I guess the same issues where yeah, yeah it's it, uh, it's a serialized comic book for TV in a way. MacGyver, it's, it's a MacGyver. It sort of is, you know. And I, what I really appreciated about, I know we've gone on for a long time, like but I really in. appreciate. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna leave it, leave it all in. We've actually spent. 90 minutes talking about Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've noticed this. <laughs> um, what I like appreciated about The Sopranos and a lot of those like early 2000s HBO shows was like on TV you were so used to uh, you know, someone would have like Lost was really guilty of this, where someone would really have the answer to a question, another character would ask them that question, and then they would get like distracted by something off screen and be like, "We can't talk now. We'll talk later." And then like the yeah. action starts. Um, and The Sopranos and the other like Six Feet Under and The Wire like really did mm-hmm. a good job of like avoiding that stuff. And so I kind of grew up with a healthy diet of that, you know. And then right. I felt like Breaking Bad. Um, had some more of those like kind of general TV or serialized drama tropes that like Sopranos didn't have. Yeah. And, uh, which is a choice. It's a stylistic choice. Fine. Yeah. I just, we can't, you can't knock it. Yeah. I mean, I, we knock it. We do, I guess. (laughs) But again, I don't think it's bad. I just think that they're like, you know, would I put it like, I'm not sure if I like when people do like, like list top 10 shows, but I feel like you can kind of tier shows and there's like up there. It's in the top 10. I'm sure. Yeah. But I feel like if there's like tier a, which is probably like Sopranos in the wire, Mad Men, Mary Tyler Moore, Mary Tyler Moore, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, you know, Breaking Bad might be like tier B if that's cool to say. I hope I'm not like, I I think it's a top 10 show. Yeah, for sure. And if you think about what it represents, I mean, because it really broke television open as like a really serious. Yeah. I mean, in the way that Sopranos opened the floodgates for like a certain type of viewer and a certain type of person, frankly, who was willing to pay for HBO Mm -hmm. um, or DVDs, you know, like Breaking Bad, I think, opened the floodgates for like a more general audience, which I think is really important. I guess that's true. That's very true. And for those reasons, also, I think it's a top 10 show. Yeah. And Breaking Bad also had, I mean, Netflix made that show in a lot of ways. I watched the shit out of Breaking Bad on Netflix. See, I watched season one as it aired because that was like my last year in college. And I remember it was like a shortened season because of the writer's strike. So this, I guess it's 2007. I remember watching that and I was like, oh, this is like a cool show because it was a little quieter in season one. Um, And then season two. It's also really disorienting in season one. Yeah, but it was like, oh, cool. Like the story of a desperate teacher who's sick and, you know, has a pregnant wife and, uh, and a like disabled son. Low key and, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that was really interesting to me. I guess I didn't um, buy the later kind of outrageous elements of it. And I didn't really buy this like crazy transformation, I guess, that he would go from, it was more interesting to me to have like a kind of regular down on his luck teacher get into this horrible world, but still hold on to like a little bit of the outside world than it was like 
I don't know. I think there was no, some retconning it, there well, with like, no, the show's about how dark he goes. I think it was like they realized yeah. they could go dark and then they kept going. Well, but they, I don't know. They, Maybe they, I'm com- wrong. they completely did it. And also, but but that got boring to me, frankly. I, I it was agree. Just yeah. like, it was just like, you know, so we were talking about like, you know, there's a situation and they've got to uh, figure a way out of it. You know, like yeah. the episode where the battery dies in the RV. And yes, then like he that's... realizes after all this time, like, oh, I know another way to make a battery. It's like, great. Why didn't you do that? 45 minutes ago, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I right, mean, 45 right. minutes, my time, but like, <laughs> right. But when it really comes down to it, it's actually like, it becomes a stupid one, stupid decision after another where he just like, he leaves the keys in in and no, no, it, I just mean or, like he, 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 he like challenges everybody. He won't fall in line. Mm-hmm. Like there's that whole plot line with Gus Fring mm-hmm. that like, could have been perfect but again it's exactly what you're saying where he like went darker because what Gus Fring was offering him was exactly what he set out for in season one but it's the transformation that you're talking about where like he didn't want that anymore now he's power drunk and now he wants to be like a drug kingpin Mm -hmm. whereas he started out being like I just want to make a ton of money and go to like be a chemist and go to work and shit and he was being offered 100% that with like none of the bullshit and he like turns it down and there's a little bit of, uh, I feel a little duped sometimes, you yeah. know what I mean? So anyways, yeah. not to make a whole thing out of this, you right. know, but, uh, <laughs> well, so th- there's the answer, I guess, you Jesus. know, listen, it's a show where two guys wearing identical suits walk away from an explosion in slow motion. I feel like that, that <laughs> sums kind of everything up. Can we Is that out? really the best drama? You know what? I think <laughs> I it would be so know. bold if we edited out our entire little just to that like, group of monologues <laughs> just to that and yeah. like, boom, slam dunk, that shut the down whole thing. Uh, all right, quickly. Uh, from uh, who cares at this point? I'm here. Whatever. Yeah, I like, guess it will take as long as you want. Well, um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm freaking out. Oh God. Um, from well, this this guy's asked question before, but from at Wally Paulnuts, why do you reckon Vito was calling Adriana all the time with Chris away if if he was if a, he's a gay guy? I, tough to say. Uh, I I think it's I think he's an ass kisser. Yeah, there's that. Uh, because clearly. Chrissy was coming back. Yeah. So there's that. Or they just didn't decide to make him gay yet. Yeah. I mean, season five was like two years away real time at that point. So maybe yeah. they just hadn't. And it's like, he was always an ass kisser yeah. in some ways. Um, this Good question, though. I had that thought. Yeah, I know. This is from at Jack Johnson 710. We're just doing a quick speed around here. No, now. I remember Jack Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing stand up for two. I've been doing stand up for two years, but only got 10 decent min- minutes. Give me some words of encouragement not to quit, please. Don't quit. Just, just do it every no, but day. That, but that's what it comes from. I mean, if, if I if I understand correctly, like a lot is left on the cutting room floor, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, and frankly, I think, you know, we could probably edit each episode of our podcast down to like a solid eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, easily. Um, easily. And it's just like, I think that you have to stick with it. And I think that in many ways, it's like learning to be in front of people, you know, and like yeah. wanting to do something. I don't mean this to sound like a downer because like, A, I know nothing about you, mm-hmm. a, except that like- This that's is a, a question from me, that's actually. A totally, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I mean, A, I know, you know, other than your songs that were big when I was in high school, uh, Jack Johnson, um, right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know much about you, but B, like it's, it. I don't mean this to be a downer, but it's like one of those things where- just because you want to do something doesn't necessarily mean you're that that you're going to be good at it all like right off the bat. You're and almost so certainly not going to be good at really it. Actually, you have to take your time. It's like it's like I know how to cook, but I it, but wanting to be a restaurateur is like a completely different thing and yeah. requires so many other skills. And like trying to be a stand up comedian, like 
you're it's probably, hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's, a, it's really hard because yeah. you're writing jokes. Then you have to deliver them like to people. And then also like you're, you're at the beginning, I'm sure that you're your own promoter and you're yeah. your own manager and all this stuff. Like take into account the fact that you probably have to wear like 400 hats right now you do, yeah. because you're starting out and like, and it's one of those things where it's just going to take time and, and, and just be I mean, it sounds like you're on the right track. Ten minutes is obvious. a lot, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Have, that's that's a. Uh, I I took a stand up class in college, and I had oh, to you do, did. And I had to do five minutes at uh up at the Hong Kong and Cambridge, which was really cool because a lot of people have done stand up there. But five minutes took forever to come up with. If you have right. ten minutes, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, ten minutes you is know really good. What I would say actually is take that ten minutes and cut it down to five because probably if you're young and new and inexperienced, you need uh you always need way less than you think. I will say, especially for comedy. That's a very good point. Um, but Keep keep doing. It sounds like you're Just on the right doing track. It. I would say honestly, go towards failure and figure out what doesn't work. And it's also and not about like it. it's not not about having like this this like a like don't worry about having like a fucking HBO special yet. Just worry about like yeah. if you come up with like a good new line every so often. Yeah, that like you know that you can be feeling good about, then that's in the right direction. There's no way to quantify like the speed at which you do things. It's yeah. crazy. Agreed. Um, from at damage Inc 77. Why don't you ever answer my questions in particular? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, cause we love you. Jesus. I don't know. And, <laughs> and we're just, uh, you know, perhaps it's because, uh, we've, either they're rhetorical like we're, we're not big yeah, on rhetorical I'm questions sure. to be honest i'm really not sure or uh it's stuff that we wind up talking about in the show because yeah. brendan doesn't reveal the questions to me at least yes. until the end and sometimes when we've talked about stuff he just he just glosses by them yep also he loses things in his giant iphone oh, idea yeah. <laughs> i have the plus plus yeah uh this is from ad ambroska uh, isn't it odd that there's no mention of nucci's bff being found dead in her kitchen that was wiped down for the night honestly on this show not really i think people just shit happens and that just never gets talked about again that was a cold answer but i think <laughs> well, you're right <laughs> I guess Polly got rid of the body and or she's old enough that it was like, yep, oh, she just fell and well, he, he, he strangled her. So like they could probably, I mean, they could it's not like he chopped her head off and they like, you know, it was, wasn't one of those things where the coroner was going to come in and be yeah. like, oh shit, her head's off. I think, the sh I think the show is just not interested in the procedural things like that. Um, this is from at, at Ruben Sandwich. <laughs> Neither is Brendan, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to go <laughs> at Ruben Sandwich 91 on behalf of the Czech Republic ever had our sausages. Uh, I have actually, and I really, really want to visit your country because I hear the beer is amazing and it's cheaper than water. I want to go there so bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. Um, I've had our sauce. We have a listener in the Czech Republic that's fucking awesome. Uh, well, he's, or he represents them, I that's guess. That's like another type it of might be Polak, an ambassador, right? yeah, Something like that. <laughs> uh, the Czech ambassador. Let's hope he can still get in the country. Yeah. Uh, this is from at dplant underscore jones uh what alternate names did you consider for the podcast besides nfz my guess i'll suck your cock all you guys <laughs> <laughs> all you guys we should have maybe done that um i don't think we had I think any we came up with the name before we the we were like hey i got a great name for a podcast let's uh, you came up with it actually no you came up with the title for sure i remember we were sitting in my living room at the apartment and it was like still just like, yeah, someday we're going to do a podcast about it. And I think you were just like, we should call it No Fucking ZD. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then that's really how it came I about. I mean, I've always been a real, I mean, I'm just going to choose to believe you that I that's came up with it. That's definitely true. But I, uh, I, 
I although uh, if we like break up in the future and this is being played in court <laughs> yeah, and we're like exactly. fighting over the no fucking ZD Empire, <laughs> we both came up with it fifty percent each. I uh, I think that I um I I've always had an obsession with like like titles of things yeah. that have cuss words in them. Yes. Like I've always wanted to have a band name that had the word fuck in it. And like, I it was just like, like this is the perfect thing to have the F word in it. Uh, we're not answering his question. No. <laughs> I, I, I think it could have been the Sopranos podcast. Yeah. But it, isn't there like a, like a shitty Sopranos podcast that started after we started? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, we're finally admitting that there may be another one, but like when we say we're still the only, well, when we say we're the only, it's like Heinz is the only catch up, right. you know, like right. that's what we mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're like the Hershey's of Sopranos podcast <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. But like, what's it called? Isn't it called like, I forget. That's right. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I don't know if we could have done the Sucker Cox one because I remember when we first submitted this to iTunes and they immediately or like 24. It's like takes like 24 hours for them to respond. And I was like, I'd already tweeted and like posted on Reddit that like we're going to be up Friday. Like this Friday is our first episode. Yeah. iTunes is like, uh, nope, that title's not allowed in the iTunes store. Yeah. And like my world was like ending that day. I was like, oh my God, this, this like, is never going to get on. <laughs> there are all these Redditors that are expecting this podcast yeah. and all this um, stuff. But thankfully Donald Trump regularly. stepped in. He lowered <laughs> yeah, regulations. He's making it much easier for podcasts Thank these God. days. You know, um, I think that's it. My favorite question, sort of question we got though this week is after I, after I posted about having food poisoning uh, at NYC Foodborne tweeted and asked why I was sick and what I might have eaten which I really like I guess they're just a Twitter account that keeps track of like foodborne illnesses in New York City fuck that so don't that was, throw like, my anyone favorite under thing. the table like because yeah. it could have been just as easily like some dude coughing in your mouth on the subway you know what uh, I mean who knows who knows I'm, I'm glad I'm out of it now uh, alright oh that, one, one thing okay. I did notice is that uh, some people say that they get us mixed up Someone, someone tweeted like in the, oh, I, I don't know if that. you noticed this, someone tweeted in the, in the, in the lagoon of bullshit that was swirling around like when we were, or were not going to record this episode. Yeah. Someone <laughs> tweeted like, does anyone else ever get the, get mixed up? Who's Brendan and who's Evan? And then all these people were like, yeah, all the time. Me too. Like, really? I saw I that. See, that's crazy. And I just want to say once and like. for all for us to know and we for you one. to find out. <laughs> It's for us to know, you to find out. <laughs> right, that's, who it is. That's, right. that's all I have to say about that. So, this is one of us. This is the other one. And we are signing off for season four, <laughs> no fucking ZD. Uh, we'll, uh, we're going to, I don't we'll be know. we back when, within a couple of weeks. Yeah, we might take like a week off. To but like we really re wanted recoup. to give you, it's going to take everyone, I think, a couple of re-listens to really get through the meat of this podcast. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot, back, of, keep a lot of nuance, intuition, things. You know, yeah. Watch the Super Bowl tomorrow, I guess, um, or today or whenever you're listening and just enjoy that. Yeah. We'll be back when we're back. Okay. And if uh, the Patriots lose, though, we may lose Brendan. Yeah, I might just never come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually very true. He's never rude, but except when the uh, Patriots lose, there was he's kind of a dick for like a embarrassing time. Yes, okay. We don't, we don't have to rehash that, but I feel very these, embarrassed about these, it still. These New Englanders, they take it very personal. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, they yeah, it's rigged. maybe we'll be back, maybe we won't, depending on what happens tomorrow. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Uh, all right, thanks for listening to Season 4, guys. Uh, we'll be back with Season 5. Pretty cool. Um... As always, give us uh, five stars and a bad rating on iTunes. Thank you. Uh, subscribe on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Tell your friends. Tell your grandmother. And um, tell her to call us. I'll suck your cock. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. This is No Fucking ZD. Jesus Christ, do I.
I love Vegas. I'll make it good. 